on maynard.com.au. AU! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming to you from what used to be the lounge of the old Hilton. Last time I was here was the AFI Awards a few years ago, and it looks certainly different to the way it does this very afternoon, let me tell you. It's currently the Pullman Hotel, where all of the Venga boys and all of us are staying for quite some time. On my right here, I have someone that you've probably heard many times. Joanne, how are you? Jo- jo- Joanne. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. That is the voice of the person who had the biggest selling Australian single of 1999 with Jackie. That's right. Nice surprise for me. My debut single. Didn't expect that to happen. Nice way to start off my career. Joanne is the opening act for our Great Little Venga Boys tour across Australia. We've done two shows here in Melbourne and they've just been nuts, haven't they? It's been really overwhelming. Melbourne's my hometown. So to have such a warm response, the first two shows, and I guess also you forget, I know that the songs that I'm singing were my own songs, but to have the crowd sing along and respond the way they have done it, it just reminds me like, wow. Mm. (laughs) The first show, everybody was getting nervous, including myself there, because we were about to do the first of 10 shows. The second show, almost every act had started pointing the microphone at the audience and getting people to sing along, and they are not shy to sing along. No, they're not shy to sing along, and and I think the the thing that I found really cute was how they know every little ad lib and every little run in the vocals. I actually recorded a bit of it and and watched it back this morning and was just dumbfounded saying, God, these fans are cool. My intro go to you. It was all accurate and everything. It was beautiful. Let's get down to brass tacks. Sonic has brought contraband into the country, which is keeping at your house during the rest of the tour. What's going on? There's a Sonic luggage issue. My sister from another mister decided to bring a lot of luggage on this tour. So she's got um, a whole heap of excess luggage. Then I basically said, girl, we cannot have you lugging that around the country. Just leave it at my house until we get back here. Isn't Sonic great? She comes out on her own and she does, I put a spell on you. And man, by the end of it, people are going nuts. She's honestly one of the most captivating performers that I've seen. Mm. To have a performer come out and basically purely with your own charisma, regardless of dances or not, her vocal's amazing too. She's a very captivating woman up on that stage. There's a bucket load of confidence there that Mm. comes from the experience. That's right. She knows how to draw people in and that's what performing's about. It's not just about having a great voice and singing a song. There are some performers out there that their singing ability is just okay, but they have that X factor, that thing where they perform and they engage and they draw people in and that makes it even more enjoyable and to have both to have an incredible voice and be able to perform and draw people in that's a real gift not everyone has that who are you trying to channel with doing your vocal for Jackie were you trying to sound like the blue zone did it have a big effect on the vocal because I can't remember the vocal of the blue zone vocal was it very different from yours it was melodically similar but the energy was very different what actually happened was my producer George Papa Petros at the time really wanted to do the song Jackie and he told me he said oh, I'm doing this song Jackie and he played it to me and I sort of had a giggle and said oh that's nice and cheesy I think I was having my little 18 year old cocky moment where I said to him well if I sang it I'd sing it like this and he's like what and I said I'd give it more guts and more balls and I think I just sang it mucking around a cappella. and then he basically said oh my goodness that's it he goes can you go in there and record it and so that was what happened I wasn't thinking anything I was just interpreting the song as I heard it 
in my head, which was that I felt it needed to have a little bit more oomph. And to, to be honest with you, to sing like the original wouldn't have been authentic to me at the time anyway. Yes. Um, you definitely made it your own. With your voice now being more mature, is your voice more resonant now? I'm close enough to hear you without the microphone, well and truly, without any PA. And your voice is sounding really powerful. I'm just wondering if it's stronger now than it was. It is. It's um, something that I believe happens if you... Look, your voice is a muscle. It's an instrument. And I've regularly used it nonstop. I perform regularly all the time. You obviously have a great voice and a talented singer. What are you doing? You're doing session work? You're doing stage work? What are you doing? I perform live for those who've wondered what happened to her. And what people don't realise is I'm more musically active. People watch TV and, and as soon as you're not on TV anymore, they're exactly what you said, they think you just fell off the face of the earth. I've been involved in a cover band, so for me it was just important just to continue singing. I wanted a break from the industry itself. I reckon you'd do any Alison Moyet song extremely well. Oh, I don't mind a bit of Alison Moyet. My older sister used to play her album a lot. Cover bands, what, what are you doing? So the band's past to present. For those of you who followed my career and also followed my label mates, past to present, who then became Islander, we actually were under the same management. They had hits like September, Tasty. We did the duet for the Wog Boy soundtrack, which was Breaking There's No Stopping Us. When our recording careers died down, we missed singing. We missed performing. Instead of being a cover band who then became recording artists, we did the other way around. We were like, you know, we were original recording artists, but how fun would it be if we used our skill to put a killer cover band together. We reformed under the name Pastor Present and for the last 10, 11 years we've been performing live several times a week around Melbourne. That's good practice. As soon as this tour's done, I am back in the studio, I promise you, because it's been too long and now I've got a lot of things to write about, people to write about. Watch out, all those people that upset me, you're probably going to be in a song. And of course, do bad things like when someone dumps you, have a bad experience. Is that always better for songwriting than when everything's going swimmingly? When I first wrote the Do Not Disturb album back in, you know, 99, 2000, and it was released 2001. When I actually was um, working on that back then, I was young. I didn't have a lot of life experience. So towards the end of that album was when I started to write about things that were really true to me. And, of course, that included things like heartache and pain. And whereas before that, you know, it was, oh, look at the cute boy. I'm going to write about the cute boy at the party. Or, oh, let's go out <laughs> dancing. I love dancing all night. So a lot of the, the lyrics were just cute and fun. That was your you know. Colette period. I believe. <laughs> I believe so. Everything since then has been more just saying what I really want to say. Especially now, there's a darker, deeper thing that comes out in my lyrics, probably because by day I'm like a bowl of Skittles who's just, you know, happy all the time. So I think that it must be those suppressed things that I put to the back of my head that mm. come out in my songs. 1998-99, <laughs> which doesn't sound that long ago, but then when you do the maths, yeah, yeah it is actually. Yeah. I mean, Ricky Martin was the big thing. The only other Australian actor I could find in 98 was The Living End with Prisoner of Society because mm. there was Steps with 5678. And of course, Don't Call Me Baby by Madison Avenue was 99. I think you fell between Living End and, that, and that's mm. how you got the number one selling Australian single. It's great. It was an interesting time in music. There was a, a lot going on. So when Jackie happened, part of me was like, how did I fall into this dance music thing? I don't even understand how I got here. It's great having you as the first act, and I always bring you on for a bit of a bow afterwards, because it's great. Wickfield, she's just 
gorgeous. Great outfits every night too. Oh, the, yep. Gorgeous outfits. If I had that body, my goodness, what I would be wearing, I don't even know. And she brought me on to dance with her on Saturday night. She pulled me out on stage. I thought she wanted a bottle of water, but then I found myself on stage with Wigfield. Um, I was in the wings and I watched that. And just for you people listening, you need to see this brother spin on the floor. It was like nothing else I've ever seen. It was crazy. <laughs> Team Crystal Waters, man, that that is a show. That is 18 minutes, 30 seconds of wildness, isn't it? Oh, I am telling you, the other night I actually was, was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to watch the entire show in the wings. I ended up sweating. I ended up panting. You'd think that I just came off stage because as soon as I heard her sing, as soon as I saw the performance and the dancers, it was all over Red Rover. And I'm... I love those kind of performances. That's what I live for. And, of course, the Venga Boys, the main act, to me, and I mean this in the best way possible, it's like an episode of Euro Trash Live on stage, and I love that show. It's just wild and colourful and unstoppable, and the people love it. It is so colourful, and Mm. it's so infectious. You sit there and you think, oh, I wonder if I'm going to enjoy this. And then you find yourself just bopping around on the side Mm. of the stage. They're very good at what they do. They keep the crowd going, dancing nonstop. You know, that's not easy. Honestly, this is probably the most enjoyable tour I've been on. And you've got backing dancers for Jackie too, because it is a show opener there. It's a bit bit like, you're you're exactly like, remember how there used to be the Elvis movies on of a Saturday and Sunday afternoon (laughs) when you're really young and you're watching them with your grand and there'd be Anne Margaret or someone and she'd be a showgirl. Like Elvis had come out and do one song and then go off. As you got older, you realised, hang on, what, what kind of show is that? You, normally bands do a couple of songs, but that's what you're doing. You, you, you're doing the Elvis show. You come on, do one song of the dancers, and you go off. You are Anne-Margaret. I am Anne-Margaret. <laughs> it's insane. Let's have a listen to Jackie now, the radio edit. Is there something here that's a little interesting factoid about your vocal or this track that we should have a listen for? Firstly, what you're hearing is one of the very early takes. I think we only did a couple of takes of the songs. It was a very quick recording. The other thing that was funny was the intro. I think I sound like a bit of a porn star when I'm talking and I'm doing the I woke up with your name on my lips thing. I ended up giggling a couple of times when we did that. But you know what? I mean, I was just a kid who was just having an absolute ball, had the creative freedom to sing however I wanted, and that's what you're hearing. <laughs> well, why don't you introduce it for us right now, perhaps with that late-night voice? Hi, this is Joanne. I woke up with your name on my lips. Listen to this song. I woke up with your name on my lips. I woke up with your lips on my imagination. <laughs>
on maynard.com.au. AU! Hey,